Good morning. So our reading comes from Luke 24, 13 to 35. Now, the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking to each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us what they had seen, um, and a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of her companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. He said to them, How foolish are you and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Did not the Christ have suffered these things and, and then to enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while, we talked, or while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus had recognized, or how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is the word of God. Easter. About less than a mile from here, people are celebrating Easter today, and throughout the world, many people are celebrating uh, Easter uh, today, the Orthodox Easter. So I haven't gone crazy or gone mad, but just in case anybody is Orthodox here, it's their Easter Sunday today. You're very welcome to church this morning. I see one or two faces that I don't recognize from before, so you're very welcome this morning. My name is Trevor. I'm the rector here, the pastor, the minister, whatever terminology, dog's body, anything you want or title you want to give me, I'm quite happy with that. 
even if you want to call me early in the morning, that's also fine. These two guys, well, let's pray just before we look at that passage of scripture together. Father, would you come and speak to us this morning? Would you encourage us? Would you be with us as we look at your word together? In Jesus' name. Amen. Cleopas and his friend were very downcast and dismayed with the events that had just taken place at Easter. They were unable to answer the burning question that was going around Jerusalem at that time. Where was Jesus? What happened to Jesus? There may be times in your life when something happens that you cannot answer and you're perplexed like Cleopas and his friend, whether it was his wife or a friend. or whoever. They were perplexed. They didn't know what it was. That has happened to me twice this week. And to tell you the truth, I have no answer. But I do have another answer. On Monday, Ruth and Mikey and myself attended a funeral of a young man of 42. He left behind a wife and four young kids from 14 down to three. Under very tragic circumstances, he died. I, or nobody that was there, can understand it. It's perplexing. Then a completely different event on <clears throat> Friday and yesterday. There was a number of our friends, Ukrainian friends from the Royal Hotel in Bray, were here baking bread and cakes to celebrate their Easter today. And Oli and Vita and myself were invited down to the Royal Hotel yesterday evening because they wanted to thank the volunteers, not just what we had done here and offering them the kitchens and we had an Easter trail here the previous Saturday, but all the volunteers who are helping around Bray with the people in the Royal. And as I looked at single mothers with their kids, their young babies, older kids, as I looked at Grandparents, I'm not good at ages, but certainly there were some in their 80s. And the question I asked is why? Why did they have to leave? Well, we know the reason why they had to leave their country, but why war? Why what's going on in the Ukraine is going on? I have no answer. But, but, the one answer I do have, and in both those circumstances, whether it was the funeral on Monday or whether it was the celebration yesterday evening in the Royal Hotel, if you had eyes to see, Jesus was there. If you could see Jesus in reality, you saw it in the people who were gathered on the funeral. You saw it in the people in the hotel yesterday. 
And if people had eyes to see, they could see Jesus. And like these disciples in this story that was read to us this morning, the events of the previous week seemed anything but triumphal. Remember two weeks ago we talked about Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. He rode in on the colt, the foal of an ass, a donkey. These two disciples, and I would say not just these two disciples, I would say everybody, they didn't understand what was happening. They were confused. They were discouraged. If you go back to chapter 19 and verse 39 and following, the Pharisees ask Jesus to quieten his disciples. Then when you go on in that same chapter to 45, Jesus turns over the tables, cleanses the temple. Later in the same chapter, the chief priest describes the leaders they seek to destroy Jesus. Then we move into chapter 20 and the religious leaders question Jesus' authority. We later see Jesus questioned of his loyalty about paying taxes. Judas was bought to betray Jesus. Jesus was betrayed. He was arrested. He was mocked. He was beaten. Falsely tried before the Sanhedrin. Into 23 and we see he's taken before Pilate. Pilate sends Jesus to Herod. Pilate hands Jesus over to be crucified. Jesus is crucified and he's buried. And he dies, he's buried. And in the early part of this chapter that Andrew read to us, the second part, as the women arrive at the tomb early on that Sunday morning, they find the stone rolled away and the body gone. You have to admit it's a little bit confusing for these people and it's perplexing. It's not what makes for a great time of celebration that it was meant to be. But their discouragement and their hurt would be, would be um, turned into triumphs of belief on the Easter road. And so as we look at that uh, passage that Andrew read to us, we see that it is a road of companionship. The story continues from where the women and uh, the disciples arrive at the tomb and the body is gone. These, these two disciples of Jesus, they're, they're discouraged, they're frustrated. They begin to travel to Emmaus, their home. And as they walked and talked about all that had happened and they couldn't understand why, Jesus comes alongside them. And for whatever reason, we don't know, whatever reason, their eyes were restrained from recognizing that this person was in fact Jesus, the risen Lord. Perhaps they were so preoccupied with their own discouragement and disappointments and problems. And the important point is not that they didn't recognize Jesus. The important point is that Jesus recognized them as their own, as his own.
is coming to them and walking alongside them illustrates the truth that Jesus promises in Matthew 28. I am with you always. The road to Emmaus is a road of companionship because Jesus desires to walk with each one of us. It further illustrates that Jesus is with us even when we don't recognize him. His presence, he wants to join us in our travels of life. And when we walk with the risen Lord, we can walk with one another. In Psalm 119, verse 63, we read, I am a companion of all who fear you and of those who keep your precepts. And 1 John 1, verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. The road to Emmaus was a road of companionship. The risen Lord desires we walk it with him as we walk with one another. It's also, this road was a road of conversation. As Jesus began to have a conversation with them, he was asking them about the events that had just happened. And in doing this, Jesus was allowing them to express all their hurts and disappointments, their frustrations. They poured out their hearts to him as they were counting on this Jesus to redeem Israel. They had placed all their hope in him. And when he had died, their hopes died with him. They spoke of the resurrection being told by the women, but it seemed futile because they did not see him. And here we see Jesus is that listener who listens. He is able to listen to our hurts. He's able to listen to our discouragements with the ability to enter into our pain. These two had no idea they were talking to the one who had been crucified and been raised. The one who had turned their sorrow into joy. Do we? Do we know that Jesus desires to converse with us through the means of prayer? Like these two, we can tell him whatever is on our hearts and on our minds. He wants to listen. He wants to talk with us. And as I was, I'm not sure if it's the right word, procrastinating with myself yesterday evening and asking the question why, Jesus says, I'm here. I am with these people. The psalmist says in Psalm 69, Hear me, O Lord, for your loving kindness is good. Turn to me according to the multitude of your tender mercies. And do not hide your face from your servant, for I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. And that promise from 1 Peter 5, verse 7, that we all know so well, casting all your care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. The Emmaus Road is one of compassion, companionship, 
and one of conversations also a road of belief. We might expect Jesus to to say something like, well, I understand. But what does he say? Oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe. And you know, his words are not of harm or of insult, but to challenge their belief. To challenge their belief in what? In the scriptures. They knew the biblical prophecies of the Messiah was who was to come. But they could not quite grasp it and they could not quite understand why God did not intervene to save Jesus from the cross. They were caught up in the political powers at hand and, and failing to understand the true work of the Messiah. And so Jesus challenges our belief. We cannot live without faith. And the two on the Emmaus road were foolish for not believing the prophets. I wonder what Jesus would say to each one of us today. How slow are we to believe? We know the truth, and we've just sang about it a few minutes ago. We know the truth that He is risen. We know the truth that one day He will return to earth. Do we believe? Do we live like we believe? The scriptures communicate the spiritual truths we need to know. And Jesus exhorts us to believe and to live out that belief. The Emmaus Road is one of companionship, conversation and belief. It's also a road of renewed hope. As they journey near to the end and they got near the house, the two encouraged Jesus to, to stay at their, at their home. And he pretended he was going on a little bit further. They still had not recognized him. Supper time came and this stranger who they'd met on the road who they still didn't recognize took bread and broke it. Just as an aside, I was asked to do something yesterday that I've never done before. And I had to come here to the church hall and bless the bread that had been baked. And then I thought about, well, I actually do. I bless the bread that's broken here at communion Sundays. But you know, by the time I got to bed last night, I don't know whether I did a good job or not blessing the bread, but I can sure tell you something. I have been a hundredfold blessed. It was amazing. But as Jesus broke the bread here, suddenly, suddenly they recognized him. Their eyes were opened and they knew him. And as quickly as they knew him, he was gone from their presence. They began to speak one another, but it was not about the week's events now. It was about seeing the risen Lord Jesus. And in verse 32 of Luke 24, they said to one another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road? And whilst he opened up the scriptures to us. Their lives before this was like a smoldering fire that's putting up an awful lot of smoke. That gives no light. Just the smoke clouds up everything. But once they came into the presence of the risen Lord Jesus, their hearts 
were ablaze. A burning fire gives light to all to see. They understood, they saw, and they believed. All because of the risen Lord. And we know the Lord is risen. If if you weren't here last week, I would encourage you to listen to the podcast of what Morris taught us last week about the proof of the resurrection. Jesus' victory became their restoring hope. It became the anchor of their lives. Hebrews 6 verse 19, This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil. And with renewed hope, we, we, we had read that it was getting near evening, it was getting late, they had just arrived at their house. Now they, they decide to go back to Jerusalem to tell the rest of their friends what had happened, the rest of the disciples. They ran back joyous to Jerusalem with renewed strength. And I'm reminded of that lovely passage and again that promise in Isaiah 40, verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When arriving back in Jerusalem, they found the eleven gathered together with great zeal. In their renewed hope, they said this, The Lord is risen. So as Luke tells us this story of these two despondent disciples on the road to Emmaus, we cannot help but identify with their pain. We too are pilgrims on a journey through life. We too despair of life circumstances from time to time. We too can lose heart when our expectations come to a tragic end. But remember, every trial is an opportunity to discover what God wants us to see. In the case of these two followers on the road to Emmaus, we must allow God, we must allow God to open our eyes to see what he wants us to see. While this is something he must do on our behalf, we can nonetheless make the process less difficult in three specific ways. Friends, whatever you're going through, and we're all going through different pains of different one sort or another, invite God into every situation. Cleopas and his companion listened intently to the voice of truth. But what did they do? They invited him into their home. Secondly, seeks God's perspective. To help the two disciples see their circumstances from God's perspective, Jesus explained the scriptures to them. And we have the same opportunity to share God's vantage point by reading our only completely reliable source of truth, and that is the Bible. It doesn't have to be complicated. It could even start with just reading 10 minutes a day. Thirdly, trust God's timing. God in his perfect discernment did not allow the two disciples to recognize Jesus until the time was right. 
He didn't allow them to suffer in grief a moment longer than was absolutely necessary. Yet he didn't end their discomfort too soon. Because spiritual maturity rarely occurs instantaneously. Growth usually requires a journey, and journeys take time. Submit to God's will and trust his timing. He is faithful. And so in conclusion, circumstances, especially those involving loss, are usually perceived as difficult and because reality does not meet with our expectations. These two followers on the road to Emmaus undoubtedly felt utterly alone as they mourned the death of their dreams. But during their suffering, God was nearby. And he allowed their pain to continue until their own desires no longer held them captive. And like the two on the road to Emmaus, we do not have to travel alone. God is with you. Where is our hope? Are you willing to see him? In Psalm 42 verse 5 we read, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. This morning, where is your belief? Where is your hope? The world awaits to hear from those disciples. And this morning, you are those disciples who are burning with their hearts full of the message of Easter that he is risen. The Emmaus Road, it's one of companionship, it's one of conversation, it's one of belief, and it's one of hope. My friends, on the journey that you're on, would you walk it with Jesus?